Welcome to Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk with your host, C.J. Reynolds. Everybody, my name is C.J. Reynolds, and I run this YouTube channel called Real Rap with Reynolds, which means real talk. We have real talk about education, about things going on in education, and all the things that kind of surround that, which is sometimes like straight curriculum stuff and sometimes just life stuff because it all blends together. Um, the idea here is that we show up on Sunday nights, which is the most hated night of the week for many educators to, uh, to go on offense instead of defense, to, to show up in the face of, of fear and talk about things that are going on in our classrooms and our lives. Um, and that's when I say us, it's not just me. It is all these folks in the comments. It's all of you that answer the comments afterwards. It's all the people that send me DMs and emails afterwards and stuff like that, that are building relationships outside of this. All of that stuff happens. Um, because we're meeting here, we're checking in with one another. So on the front end, I would say, um, look, if you know somebody, I was just thinking of this the other day, if you know somebody that would benefit from this. So I know, look, I, I think of, there's many things in my life. This is, I'm going to go slightly off on a tangent here, but I'm going to tell you the story anyway. There are certain things in my life that, especially growing up, like if I found like a band that I really liked or an artist that I really liked or um, a comedian that I really liked. I didn't tell everybody because I didn't want everyone to know about it, right? I grew up in this time where it was like, you liked the band until they were on the radio. You heard your favorite band on the radio, you were, they were dead to you. You didn't want anything to do with that anymore. Um, and and so I still somewhat like that. So there are like YouTube channels that I like. I don't talk about the music that I love too much except for Van Halen. But like there's certain stuff that I just keep close to my heart because I don't want everyone to know about it. That being said, um, I think of this as like a, a sacred space that we meet every week. And so if you know someone that you think would glean something from this or, or grow from this or would be encouraged by this, whether they're a teacher now or they want to be a teacher or they're thinking about being a teacher, pass it along. Um, and look, if this isn't enough, I do speaking at schools virtually mostly these days. I got a book out, teach a class off. And yeah, I got a poster made of it because I'm proud of it. And then, um, I don't know, then we do mentoring. You can sign up for mentoring. And soon you'll be able to buy stuff because we have a website and it's almost done. If you go to realrapidfinals.com, it is getting the stores actually built on there. We just have to put the products on there. There's and one there's, product on there, but don't buy it because it's a test product. So you, then I'll have to email you and say, what's the test product? That's here's a shirt and I just stuck a logo on it. And oh, there you just put, put anything yeah. on there? Okay, so all <laughs> the really good stuff is coming, but um, that's that. Anything else? Uh, we'll get into We can make, talk about some of this yeah. stuff later. So let's get into questions. Let's get into some questions. Scott Ordway with the first question on there. Good work, dude. Oh, if you have a question, just put it in the chat. Well, I'll answer anything. Um, but it's helpful. Put, it's helpful if you put question before it or, or cue. cue before it because there's so many people talking um, that it's it just makes it stand out more. Um, and don't be, if you're new here, I will say this as my last caveat. If you're new here and Richard Royster starts talking to you, it, that's normal because that's what we do because other people will start giving you some love you know john lopez will just start answering your question even though you didn't ask john lopez john lopez said i have the answer anyway and i have very good handwriting so you should listen to me <laughs> um how do you determine how well or not i'm doing as a teacher or how do i determine how well or not i'm doing as a teacher via distance learning there might be some things that get in the way and won't be due to anyone's fault of mine that may affect performance. I am really good at reading today. So, uh, how do we know if we're doing a good job or not? Um, that's a great question. 
I'm not certain I have a straightforward answer for uh, because I, I was thinking about this last year. So let, let me let me connect some dots here real quick. I, I think last year we started distance learning. Um, I was basing whether or not I was doing a good job based upon grades, which were lacking because a lot of students didn't have computers and they weren't doing the work and they had other things. And it turns out schools needed because it's a good place to, for kids to learn and focus and strip away all the external pieces of their life that are so overwhelming and distracting that this, Hey, might be the only eight hours a day where I like, I'm getting fed my body and soul sometimes. And so, um, you know, so from distance learning, not connecting with students, not seeing them and only seeing their work. Um, how did I know I was doing a good job? I felt like some of that was connecting with other educators and seeing like, hey, what are you seeing? What am I seeing? How can we connect the dots and how can we help help kids out individually, right? So I think one way was not by grades. It wasn't by like how cool my lessons looked because I thought that was a thing. But that, and that is, a, that's a good comparison, right? So like you can, I think if you create great online lessons and you're sharing them with your colleagues, you're either, um, hopefully you're inspiring them and maybe you're learning things from one another. And I think that that's, that's a really great place to start because then what you're doing is you're not getting jealous. You are helping each other go, no, damn, oh, that your, your stuff's on point, bro. Like I need to, I need to up my, my game so that I can, and be who I am louder, right? Doesn't mean what are you laughing at? I'm, laughing. I'm in the middle of some I know, serious. I'm so sorry. This business. is what happens when I read the current comments that are coming up. Richard Royster is making me laugh because he said his handwriting looks like a bird walked across the page, <laughs> which is hilarious because I'm thinking back to his handwriting and it kind of does look like that. I want sorry. to see <laughs> an animation of that. Oh, that was hilarious. I am so sorry. So I completely part. detract from what you're anyway, saying. Before that. I was saying, I think sometimes talking to your friends and, and people that you trust, I think sometimes it's, it is looking at grades to some extent and then figuring out where are kids look, there's no perfect mastermind moment here, right? I think what we're doing is trying to work together to keep kids afloat, right? This, this, this moment in time can be used for so many different things. And so Scott, I think one of those part of the way I feel is, and the Jaws one, right? The boat explodes and the and the shark explodes. Sorry, spoiler alert. Um, and now we are Chief Brody and that other guy with the crazy hair are like paddling in on like those floats with a piece of wood between it. And it's like, they know this isn't forever. They don't have to make seats on that thing and put a steering wheel on it. And like, it doesn't have to be perfect. It's trying to move the the needle, right? So are you moving the needle for students. And I think that's gonna really come down by talking to students, talking to parents. Um, what we did last year was we split parents up. So I was responsible for maybe 13 families, something like that, and I communicated with them weekly. I sent grades home, I sent reports, food to computers, to whatever else. Um, internet, you know, is it raining out? There's the ADD. Um, so it was that that was one of the ways that, that we were able to do that. So that was not a very concise answer. I apologize, but that's like some of the things I'm sort of thinking about and doing and 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 that sort of thing. It is raining out. Yeah. So then that was some way to start. Oh gosh, I'm sorry. I gotta come up with a better answer for that. I wonder what what are other people doing for that? What are you doing when you're like uh trying to figure out like 
if your kids are doing well or not when you're learning virtually because you can't see them, right? And grades are never a good indicator of whether someone's doing well or not, right? Um, not in that way because there's so many kids that like just are doing kind of well anyway. And and it's like, no, nah, bro, you got a, you know, 72 on that assessment. Like, you know, but for you, that's really great because um, we're because we're trying to grow in other areas or I'm seeing you grow in other areas that don't show up in the assessment because mm-hmm. that's not how assessments work. Um, that's a whole nother topic. Uh, Adebay, I think I said that right. I'm, I apologize if I said your name wrong. Adebay is asking, I have a question and would like to know how I should pick whether I should do early education or education in general, major, uh, picking a major and any other tips on being a teacher. So I would say, I, I think when I picked what grade I wanted to choose, I didn't do it based on anything else besides, um, what was the age that I needed a me the most, right? And when I say a me, like it was like, I, I, I think you are either um, in life, like the teacher that you always wanted to be, or you're trying to be the teacher you always wish you had, right? I think the same thing is true in parenting. Like it was like, if you had great parents and you're trying to be like, no, I want to be like that. Or I was raised by my grandma, and my aunt and uncle, and they were amazing. I want to be that kind of parent. Or you're like, no, nah, I didn't get any of that. So like, what do what do I want to be? Or I want to be a mixture of a bunch of things, right? Which is what I think we are, um, the wife and I. So I think that um, it's, that that's what I thought. And ninth grade for me was so incredibly difficult. Um, like I got beat up every day. Like not, like I didn't get in a fight every, let me make a clear distinction here. Because if I say I got in a fight every day, that sounds cool. But I was, I would go like this, but then I would just get my ass beat. And that's, that's how my day went. Um, so it was like, I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't have confidence. I didn't, there was, there was no swagger. There was no feeling of belonging. And so, cause I was such an outcast and my daughter and I just had this conversation. Um, so I'm going to, so, uh, she didn't, I don't know that she fell into the trap. So I feel safe telling the story. Okay. We're at the swim club yesterday down the street from our house. And there's this older group of kids um, that are very cool looking sitting at a table. And one of them was a friend of Marley's that she grew up with invites Marley over Marley sits at the table and the kid that one of the like cool looking lifeguards had like cool, like shades on and stuff and like cool hair. <laughs> now he was like, like cool. Like, I, I would thought that guy was cool too. When I was growing up, um, he was like, Oh yeah, you can sit over here. You're cool. And I was, and Mar was like, I guess, I guess I'm cool. Like I love Mar so funny. She's like, I guess I'm like cool now or something. That guy said I was, and I'm like, all right, girl, that's right. You don't let someone define you. But we were talking about how, um, in life, um, I I have found a hell of a lot more acceptance and love and care and belonging by getting down with the other weird people that were around me. Like my life has been far more like, like uh, high school kind of feels like Evan. Is it Evan? From the Lego movie? Is that that guy's name? Yeah. The main character. Mm -hmm. Uh, So trying to fit into that normal world and everyone's like, yeah, like doesn't really want to deal with you because he keeps talking about the double-decker couch and I was basically a double-decker couch kid my whole life. But then you go to (laughs) somewhere like Cloud Cuckoo Land and you're like, no, this is my place. This is where I belong. I belong in Cloud Cuckoo Land. And that's where I found my in. And so me as a teacher, I've been creating Cloud Cuckoo Land for the last 15 years and pulling kids into it. And some people 
don't get it. Some kids don't want to be a part of Cloud Cuckoo Land. Some teachers are like, what? Double-decker couches and unikitties, and there's a pirate with a body that's made out of, like, a robot. Like, what the hell's happening here? But for those of us that get it, you get it. And, and those of you that don't, you don't have to be a part of it. You can happily be a part of some kind of, like, mainstream group, and that's awesome. So I think, you know, to answer your question, that's what I thought about a lot, and that's how I tried to figure out what grade I would fit in or I should go into to be the best uh, teacher that I could be. My only tip is don't wait to be that teacher. There is someone out there right now. I'm going to break it down for you like this because I really think this is how life works. Um, I may have talked about this before. My wife was born in the Philippines um, on an Air Force base that no longer exists. It was destroyed by a volcano. You can watch the whole thing on YouTube. It's amazing. It's called Clark Air Force Base. Um, so then moves from there to New Jersey. Nevada. I think it was like New Jersey. There was some Nevada in there. I think there was like a little bit of Nebraska sprinkled in there somewhere. Then it was New Mexico. Then through some crazy events, ends up back in New Jersey, living two miles away from my best friend. They end up going to school together. And we met one day in, I think it was May of 1995, have been literally inseparable ever since. That was 25 years ago, um, <laughs> last week. So to me, or 25 years ago last week was when we started dating. But um, to me, I just think that so many students can be like that also. I don't think that it's an accident. And I don't want to get too woo-woo on you, but like I feel like your life has been you moving closer and closer and closer to some of the people that you need to work with, some of the people that you need to help, some of the people that you need to care for and, and and teach and so when i think about it that way it's like i gotta keep teaching because there's other people that have been working their way towards me and, and i haven't gotten any inkling that i that i should leave this world yet uh in with regards to teaching not not the earth um so that's that's what i'm thinking about with regard to that that was a little that was a little out there yeah that's good thanks appreciate you i believe that um kevin is asking what jobs do you recommend for college students going into high school teaching? Uh, what jobs? I don't like, like while you're in college or so let me, I'll, I'll answer this um, on a macro and then we'll, we'll funnel it in so I can make sure that I'm answering your question correctly. I, I think, I mean, gosh, if oh. we're talking about jobs while you're in no. college, what, do you think? what jobs do you recommend for college students that are going for high school teaching? Yeah, we're, oh, okay. I think I think you could get a job tutoring. You could get a job working for like um, you know, some website that teaches children, which is like uh, I don't know what their rec what their qualifications are, but like a VIP Kids or Dada ABC or what's the new one we found out about Out School? That seems really awesome. Mm -hmm. Something along those lines could be a good fit. Um, but look, I think too, bro, like when you are becoming a teacher, everything you are in life is going to impact the person you become, right? Like I'm not the teacher I am just because I have been teaching or because I went to school for education or because I tutored for a little while or anything. I'm the teacher I am now because I wanted to be a clown for a while because I wanted to be a priest for a while because I wanted to be a carpenter because I really like friends because of the way and the kind of music that I grew up with. I, I'm a, the teacher I am now because 
I loved skateboarding and drumming when I was when I was younger, and that influenced me into becoming a certain kind of pe- person. I, I'm the person I am now because I took trips by myself. I, you know, it's everything you're doing now is cross training for the person that you will become, and and I think that that is so important, and that's why. You know, look, to be honest, that's why there's so many different types of art in the world. That's why there's so many different kinds of music. Like not everyone makes the same kind of music because they all are coming from a different place. And I think, you know, when we are, let me break this down for you. Cause I heard this this morning. Um, I think that becoming a teacher is like a lifetime commitment to personal growth, right? I'm going to say that again, becoming a teacher is a lifetime commitment to personal growth. And I heard someone speaking on this this morning and that was so impactful to me because I, I just thought like, yeah, like if we're not growing, then then we're not getting better for students. That we're not like, we're, like if you think you're going to go, like, and I'm not saying you're th- thinking this, but I'm just talking on, on the bigger sense of this. Like you can't become a teacher and just know what you know and then not keep growing um, to become a better version of yourself, to keep adapting and learning and growing and become and, and becoming a better human being, not just a better teacher, not just learning better perf- like qualities of being an educator or something like that, like getting better at teaching, reading or math. You have to get better at like who you are on a soul level because that is going to make you a better teacher. It's going to make you care more and empathize better. It's going to make you respect people more. It's going to make you see people um, and not judge, you know, like Father Greg Boyle says, uh, not judge people based on the things that they are carrying it, but you're you're kind of looking at them in all of the way that they carry the things that they are given, right? And so that is, I totally bastardized that whole saying, but it's along those same lines. Um, so yeah, with regards to becoming an educator, like if like when you start becoming an educator, I'm not sure you're answering this question, but I'm going to answer it anyway. Um, I think it's looking for where do you see yourself being the greatest version of yourself as an educator. And so for me, that was in a particular type of school, um, teaching, teaching at a certain place, right? That that was it for me. And so for me, that was um, inner city work. It was working with folks on the margins. And so, uh, but I, but I talk about this in the book because I think this is so important. There was a time when I thought that was the only, like, if you weren't doing that, if you got out of college and you went to some bougie school, some private school, some really nice neighborhood, you're working in the suburbs. I discounted that. I, I, I thought I was doing more important work than you were. Um, and now I realize that is so far from the truth that it is all kids need good teachers. All kids are fighting a battle that we know nothing about that. Even the kids that look like, they're going to Greece every summer and they get to go. Their family has a, you know, a house on Martha's Vineyard and they have a jet or a helicopter, or whatever. That doesn't mean your life's fulfilling. That, that just because you have stuff doesn't mean you have love, doesn't mean you have acceptance, doesn't mean someone's seeing you. And so we need to be everywhere for all kinds of kids. And that that's the work, because then I don't know. Then we I just then we fix the world. That's basically what, what it comes down to. Um, Ooh, then we change the world. Then we change the world. Bam, change church. Uh, <laughs> Manel is asking, that's a really fun name. Manel is asking, Manel Nasri. I'm not even saying that right, and I still really like it. Um, anyway, question is Do schools really kill learners' creativity, and how can teachers prevent this? Oh, yes, they do. But not all schools and not all teachers, right? This is like saying that like all of anything is bad. 
Um, and I don't think that that's true. I, I think it is. I, I think the way that that's happened is because we've become. Um, look, I mean, if you look back at schools, right, when they started, it looks the same way. I make this joke all the time, and it's not even mine. I heard somebody else say it, that if Rip Van Winkle woke up now, the only thing he that he would recognize is the public school system because it's the same thing. We're running it the same way as we did when we started but at, at scale, right? Like largely, that's what that looks like. And so if you look at the rows, the teacher in the front, I am – communicating the knowledge to you you are you know capturing that knowledge and then regurgitating it on some sort of assessment and then i based on that assessment i am telling you that you did a good job i'm letting you know that we run it like like jail right like like let me know when you got to go to the bathroom i'll let you know if it's time to go to the bathroom um you know you have to sit there and be quiet don't talk don't move around don't do anything too much because it's this is how we're rolling things and if you go on here's a great idea if you go on YouTube, you can look up um, old public domain videos. There's like videos from like, you know, the 30s, 40s, 50s um, of stuff. And there's a lot of school ones on there. And I was watching them one day because they were endlessly amusing to me of like, if your class is a little bit out of control, this is how you get down. And it's like, these are the kids that like, these are these kids are now like my grandparents' age. And I'm thinking, they are like they were doing the same crap in school. They were trying, still trying to do dumb stuff and like get away with stuff and and um, pull one over on the teacher. But then you get older and you you have this vision of like what you think it was back in the day. Um, so it's what the hell was I even talking about? I went off topic there for a second. Oh, um, school does school cr kill creativity? Right. Yes, I think it's I think school kills creativity because it's it's a system based on fear, and this is what I mean by that. School is worried about what the community is going to think, what the parents are going to think, because they have some version of an ideal, what they think school should look like, what they think kids should be acting like. They have a fear of test scores, of funding, of looking right to the board, of looking like right to the to the administration, right? And even the admin is afraid of someone, and those people are afraid of someone. Like it's a, it's a trickle down effect of fear, and so to to get rid of that fear we like things just let's just keep it quiet let's keep them in their seats let's not do anything too crazy someone might get hurt someone might have a crazy idea and it's like what in the hell are you talking about man it is the only system in the world that i can think of that prog being progressive is is thought of as not a good thing it is like if we are throw like oh no what do we you have kids out of their seats. What the hell is it so loud in here for? Like loud, like being loud in the classroom is immediately associated with people doing stuff they're not supposed to be doing, right? Like that if you walked into, I shouted her out last week and I shouted her out again, even though I've been texting with her all day. My friend Becky, who's on Instagram, who a lot of you went over to Becky's account last week and, and actually followed her. She texted me after the live and she goes, did you tell people to come follow me? All of a sudden I'm getting all these followers on Instagram. So my friend Becky, whose last name I can't even say, but anyway. I think it's Sheeker. Sheeker. It's Becky. Oh, gosh, Becky, I'm sorry if you listen to this. Uh, whatever. <laughs> we love you anyway. Um, so Becky has a classroom. And last year, uh, I don't know if I told this story already anyway, but I'll tell it again. Um, Becky's doing a thing on uh, on getting, like, creating flight or, like, the physics of flight or something with her, like, grade school kids, right? So everyone has essentially, like, a Barbie doll. And they 
do mock-up drawings and try and design a flying apparatus that would help Barbie actually fly. And then they had to like figure out like why that was going to work. So it's like pictures, her whole Instagram was like pictures of like this Barbie doll and then like kids like drawing like capes and flying like, like fins and all these things of how this was going to work. They then were given like essentially a Barbie doll and they had to build the apparatus that went on the back so they could have a model of it also. And it was like this multi-step progress. But I'm thinking, how many schools will walk in and go, what the hell, what are you doing? Are they playing with dolls? What's this? Are we having fun? Like, like it is, it is trying to draw the fun out of it because fun equals not actually doing something. That if, we, if the spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down, dude, just take your medicine anyway. Put your man pants on and, and take your medicine. And, you know, or Becky having like uh, turning all of her lab tables with um, like butcher box or butcher block paper into caves. And she like went in there and everyone had a headlamp and there was a tunnel they had to go through and they had to know what they saw. And there were cave drawings and there were bats hanging down and bugs and all kinds of stuff. It's like, but if you walked into someone's room and the teacher pops up with a headlamp on, right, it looks like Doc Brown answering the door at the, you know, at the Brown residence in Back in the Future. Um, it is like immediately thrown out because it's like, but how, all right, this is great. It's cool. Super fun. looks awesome. Um, but the test is coming up. Can we talk about, are they learning things that are going to be on the test? Because there's no headlamps on the, there's no cave. We're so not crawling through things. Too. I think you say the hell with that stuff and you do what's right for the kids anyway, always and forever. It is the only answer is to, you have to, because I think when we start doing that and we start proving the point that, that like, Kids will learn, right? The idea here is not to get kids to learn. If learning, if having children finding success is our number one goal, it is our why, right, in, in education, the vehicle on how we get there has to be different. It can never be the same. It is always, that is like saying this school, at this school, we only play good music. What the hell's good music, right? Mm -hmm. I love tons of music that you don't like. This is true. Cheesy Love Jam. If you put on the Pandora station, oh, the God, Peter Cetera Pandora station, it is a plethora of terribly cheesy love jams. And I love all of them. My wife over here does not love them, which is why I sing them to her. I but if them. I told you, um, Jen, I put, on, put something good on, on the radio. Yeah. It's like, well, what the hell does that mean? Like, yeah, are we listening to jazz? Classical? Country? Like, you know, bluegrass? Like, hip-hop? You know, hip hop, yeah, like uh, banjos. I don't know what the hell we're listening to. What's good music? Right. But school tries to say like that. This is like good education. It's like, what does that mean though? To who? For who? For your kind of kids? For my kind of kids? For the kids that are below level? Anyway, so I think that that's how they kill creativity because it doesn't allow teachers to have any autonomy in the classroom. Um, and I say teachers just got to have autonomy in the classroom. That and and maybe there's a number of things that are a part of my life that are a part of my school that are a part of where I've come from that might change a lot this year, you know, um, to, to be honest. Uh, but um, yeah, if, if I didn't feel like I could do that at school, I'd start looking for a different job um, because I just don't think it would work. My buddy, Piano Boy, who I saw on LinkedIn and is an actual person with an actual face. It was really fun. Um, what's one or two things teachers should focus on the most in their first year of teaching? I'm so excited to start teaching. I finished my part-time job last week, two weeks until school starts. All right. So the really fun thing about this is that uh, Piano Boy, which is what he's known for on, on Instagram, 
uh, or on Instagram, YouTube, whatever, uh, is someone that has been following along with our channel. We've been following him uh, while they've been in college. And so now they're getting ready to to graduate or they just graduated and they're getting ready to actually start in a real career. And so that is really exciting to be able to like be on that journey together. I think two things is one, you know, one I just talked about is don't wait to be the teacher you always dreamed of being, right? It is like, no, remember why you're doing what you're doing. You're doing what you're doing because, um, you know, for me, it is wanting kids to be able to live a life that they dream about, right? And so how do we get there is we have to look at mind, body, and soul and really figure out how we're going to do this. We have to look at at certain, at, not certain kids, at every kid and figure out what kind of learner they are, what do they need, how can you help them connect to those things and not being the sole one, right? Not like You're not trying to be a savior, but you're trying to do is work as a community of educators to do some good stuff. So you're like, you know, you're one of the Avengers and not like, you know, no one's any better than anyone else, except for that guy with the bow and arrow. He's not as good as Thor. But anyway, you see what I'm saying. Um, the other thing I think is don't I I think a lot of educators and I think I'm definitely in this this camp started education thinking they were better than other people because we I know that I thought like I would see people like in that first meeting and I'm gauging up, you know, essentially the competition. I'm looking at the other teachers and I'm seeing, oh, oh, they probably suck. Oh, your class is terrible. Oh, you teach like that. No, 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 no. We're going to do it differently in my class. And instead realizing that everyone has a story that sometimes people do not look like they are the greatest teacher in the world. And then you see them in, in it's business time and they are on fire that I think sitting in as much work as you're going to have to do finding a few times a week that you can sit in the back of someone's classroom for 10 minutes or the whole period and just check out what they're doing. Try and like see, see what they're about and see what you want to, you know, adopt into your classroom as well. That's what's great ideas. And then also look for stuff. That's not a great idea too. Um, I think that's, that's a good move as well. Um, but look, dude, best of luck on, on the journey. I'm really excited to hear how this all plays out for you. So uh, it's going to be awesome. Um, what you got there, dude? No, no. I'm already set. Talking a lot over here. It gets hot back here. It does get hot. It's because all these lights. Yeah. You know what we need to do? We're going to cool it down. Oh, we're going to cool it down. We're going to take it to relax mode. <laughs> all right. Jacob Ingram, or uh, yeah, Ingram is asking. Jacob's always on here, man. I appreciate that. Um, you mentioned a few weeks ago that you don't use the point system anymore. Can you explain why I'm debating on trying that this year? Uh, thanks, Jacob. This is a great question. I get a lot of crap for the point video. Um, and, and I think rightfully so, right? So like, I, so for those of you that don't know, I have this system I used in my class for a long time. Um, that was not mine. I got it from somebody else who was a great teacher. And I thought, yeah, if you're using this, this sounds great. And which is how I get a lot of ideas, piano boy, because I go in other people's classrooms and I take their ideas. Um, so I think, Jacob, it is, you know, for those of you that don't know, uh, five days a week, there's four points a day. So you get 20 points a week. Um, and that's not just, so that is your class engagement. It is you being late to class, you lose a point. If you are, if you're doing something you're not supposed to be doing, I'm like, bro, you need to lose a point. Um, and there's, I found a lot of success with that. And the reason being is because our kids have been trained that to hear the word points, 
um, equals success or equals penalty or something like, sometimes I'll say like, do, are we doing that again? Bro, you just lost the point. And they will get like pissed. Or like, if someone does something great, I'm like, bro, you know what? Extra point for you, man. And they're like, yes. And I'm like, sometimes I don't even remember to add or subtract the points. You just say, it's like saying points is like, just elicits like, a response. Wait, is it like saying maybe when you're a parent and a child asks you for something and you're like, maybe? No, because no, <laughs> ask me later. Because <laughs> you get to a place where you're like, um, it's like when we tell our kids, if you do this, we'll, I'll give you extra tech time. They already have extra tech time. I'm on tech time right now in the middle of Sunday afternoon because I'm doing this. No, it's like when I say T R E A T mm-hmm. to the dog, who I can't say that word out loud, or it will elicit a response. It's like, what? Huh? Okay, gotcha. What's that? <laughs> now I'm salivating. And points do the same thing. What I the reason I got away from that, although I think it works, um, it's not how I want to run my classroom. I don't want to run my classroom based on points. I want to and and although, you know, I, I think the reason it also works is that our students are so often motivated by extrinsic rewards and not intrinsic rewards. Um, and I know that a lot of our students, you know, no matter where you come from. There, there's not an intrinsic motivation to become better in school, right? Seth Godin has a really great TED talk about this where he says, uh, he asks everyone in the audience to raise their hand as high as they can. He goes, everybody, as, put your hand up as high as you can. Okay, that's everyone. Hold it there. Hold it there. Now raise it a little bit higher. And the whole audience raises their hand a little bit higher. Well, then you did not raise it as high as you could to begin with. Because we know that we've been trained by school to know that they'll always ask for a little more. You don't give them your full tilt thing because it does. it's not going to matter. What are you going to get? An A++? Like you're going to get a 100, <laughs> like a 1,000, 101 on something? Where like it just doesn't matter. Like your effort doesn't equal the reward it would seem in school. So I think – that the way I've gotten around doing that is trying to break down why we're doing stuff more, why it's important to not talk, why it's important to be on time, why it's important to do the best job you can. But what does what does the best job look like? Like when you hand in this assignment, I'm going to give you an example of what an excellent job looks like. This is what your project needs to look like. And this is why. This is why we're reading. This is why speaking and sharing your opinion is important. This is why learning how to have a conversation is important. This is why, um, and I've had other teachers I've worked with that are like, this is why algebra is important. You don't think algebra is important? I'm about to break it down for you. This is why learning history is important. And when we can do that for kids, we help them in those areas. I think then that gives kids a real, a much clearer idea as to why we're doing what we're doing. Like, I, even breaking down things like, yo, reading's magic, man. Like to, to be able to read blobs of ink on a page and have an emotional response based on, and they're not like, this isn't, you know, something like, like uh, I don't know, this isn't like God made. It's like we all as a human society decided that this blob equals an A. And if I put these letters together, these certain blobs together it makes this word and then if i read these blobs in a certain order i can get angry scared tired like be excited um feel loss tap into something else that i know like it is it's crazy that you can read those blobs quietly to yourself and hear a voice or an accent or 
you like feel the anger that someone's feeling. It's unbelievable, man. But I think that we we don't spend enough time helping our students realize the magic of education like that this is this shit is me is amazing to be able to do this stuff that scientific properties and mathematical equations and things that have happened in history and how that keeps repeating itself or how like we didn't even talk about this because we don't want anybody to know about it like uncovering the truth like it's there's so much magic in it but you know we get i think educators get tired too you know and rightfully so, I guess, because our students have been have been conditioned for so long to just say, do son the test. Like, why are we even like, why do we have to do this again? Like, what? like, like, I'm not doing it. Like, well, if, yeah, it's like, just like that other guy's point. Right. It kills the creativity. It kills the natural um, desire to learn. And as human beings, if I'm buying you flowers all the time and I'm telling you I love you and every morning I give you a massage and I make you coffee and I make you handmade croissants. And then you just don't want to give me any love back, right? Yeah. It's like, I'm not going to stay in that relationship. This relationship right. sucks. I'm going to go find somebody that, that, that loves my croissants and massages. Um, but in school, I think we forget as educators sometimes that young people have been, have been conditioned to such an extent that it's like it, we don't try to, to help them re-engage, right? Mm-hmm. It's almost like if you adopt a puppy – that is 10 years old, you're not going to, you know, when they say you can't teach old dog new tricks, I don't think, I think it's bullshit. I think you really can. This is the third time I curse. Yeah, I think it's, um, you can start at any time, really. I really think but you I think can. it gets harder at the longer the gap goes on. But, 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 but we can realize that if we don't give up on people, that there are, that if, as, as adults, we can learn new things. Like they say, like learning a language isn't as easy when you're older, but like you still can. But it's right. like, what do you want? How much are you committed to it? If you're pot committed, you can do anything. And so I, I just think that that's, that's part of it as well. So that's why I don't use the point system anymore. Um, because it takes, a, it, but that takes a lot longer. It's so much easier to have four points a day and be like, oh, we late to class again, bro? Lost a point. Instead of being like, can I break it down for you? Why being late to class is bad. Why being late to anything is bad. Because it shows a lack of respect for yourself and for others. And it shows that you don't care that much it shows that this isn't important to you or even taking the moment to just say but why were you late to class were you late to class because you were screwing around or were you getting help or were you helping a, a friend out with their locker like instead of me innately just jumping the gun and being like oh late to class point off and it's like but i was helping clean up the lunchroom because somebody fell or like i was someone was crying or a teacher wanted to talk to me it's like instead of like being human with with kids it's like we want to just be authoritative with them and that that doesn't work out um anna ballerina is asking anna ballerina is someone that's been around for a long time too and i appreciate you um would it be possible to earn a teaching degree online and would it hurt your chances of being hired i'm hoping to be i'm hoping to be accepted into the ballet training program so i can't go to real to a real college campus and i think that i'm going to say this my, and I, this might be a borrowed sentiment from somewhere else, and I can't remember where I heard it before, but I feel like this is what I read so much stuff that I don't want to like willingly plagiarize someone, but it's like sometimes it just comes out, man. Um, I scored an embarrassingly low score on my SATs. Um, I failed to practice the first time that I took it, I had to retake it. Um, I failed my driver's test the first time I took it, and almost got a car accident, but that was a whole nother story. Um, I have never done anything in my life that has been 
like I like I never won like a trophy or an award for for anything. I think I got safety of the year one time mm-hmm. in fifth grade um, or safety of the month. Um, but yeah, I've never been employee of the month. I've never been any, anything. Right? Teacher of the year. Teacher of the year yeah. I got, but they took it away from me and then they gave it to somebody well, else. You were just told that you were teacher of the yeah, year. They I had a teacher of the year. Literally waiting. I was at the ceremony <laughs> and I knew I was winning because they told me and then they gave it to somebody else. Um, but that's a whole other story as well. Uh, but I feel incredibly accomplished as an educator. I love my job and I like my job more than most people like their job. I like, I just know like of my friend groups, like I like, I get more excited about what I'm doing um, than most people I know. Uh, but I think that's because my, my classroom and my life have been run on passion instead of resume. Um, I think that if you, Really, what you need to do is get your foot in the door somewhere and then just let loose. And when you can let loose, I think that's, that's the beauty of it, right? It is, it is, I, I, my favorite teachers that I've ever seen in the classroom, right, are rarely ones with all the accolades because they're too busy doing stuff and not, like, I I just, that's not even true. That's not even fair to say. But I just, when I think back about people that I know that the rest of the world doesn't, their classrooms were always run on passion and they were a hundred percent authentic and they didn't hold back. Right. It was like, um, should we talk about drinking in the bar? Did we talk about this already? I feel like this came up one week. Um, a couple years ago, we're in a bar, that bar, we were there early with a bunch of friends of ours. At some point in the night, the music shifts over and young people start, I mean like young, like, like fake ID young people are coming in. Right. Um, so they, in that moment, um, you start noticing as the night goes on, like these dudes that are getting, they're all like dressed up, but they're sitting there with their friends and they're, they're going like this, their beer glasses. And they're just like kind of nervous because they know, they know what they're there for. They know they're there because they want to hook up with someone or talk to someone or meet someone or find a wife, or girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever. Um, it, you could feel it in the room. There was all this nervous energy. And I'm like, damn, like when you're young, that's such a big deal, right? It's just like when you're a young teacher, you're just like, I don't know. Should I tell the kids like about this? Should I, should I do this thing I'm thinking about? And as an older person, I'm like, man, if you want to meet someone, just go meet them. Just what's the worst thing that's going to happen? You're not going to catch on fire um, unless it's, you know, maybe it depends on what kind of club you're in. But, um, but I just think that like, that's one of the great things about, about, getting older, if you take advantage of it, is the more you practice that confidence, the more you let loose, the more you are authentically, authentically who you are and let your students be authentically who they are, there's nothing to fear. Because now you're just going. Now now it's game on all the time. And instead of like holding back, once you hold back, then your class sucks. Then everyone feels it. It's like if you're in a relationship with someone that just won't talk to you, they just won't say the words. They just, they're always like, you know, I would, you know, never mind, never mind. It's like there's nothing more frustrating than being friends with someone like that or being in a relationship with someone like that. And that's when people break up. But it's like if you're like, no, I'm gonna, this is who I am 100%, take it or leave it, then it's game on. And then you, you know, you find the other people. It's like Cloud Cuckoo Land that I was talking about. So, yeah, um, I think that, that you could totally do an alternate route, still crush it as a teacher, be amazing. 
and then um, to hell with how you got there because you're doing great stuff too. It's like it's awesome that you're being that you're in ballerina training school. Oh, that was that one. I never knew anyone that was a ballet. That was a ballerina. I don't think in my life. My sister did ballet when she was little. It was hilarious. <laughs> Jill was always the one that would like watch the other kids and like try and mimic what they. It was like watching kids do just dance. Okay, I, you kind of answered that already, but if you want to read it. Okay. Um, John Grubel is asking, can you elaborate on the point system methods to reward the students to get them to want to do work? Finishing the book today as a sophomore in college, as a sophomore college student and next to um, minimalism, it changed my life. That's really, that's really humbling, humbling to hear. Um, I appreciate that. Uh, I think the, so, the idea was, I, so I'm not going to say what I said already, but I will say this. The goal of any policy, procedure, or rule in class should be to help students have success. The whole reason behind classroom management, behind kids not talking over one another, not touching one another, not cheating, is success. It's trying to help kids succeed. And if your rules exist for any other reason, they need to go away. That I think that, and that's that's a, that's a big statement, and I feel like someone might be able to try and might want to argue with that, and I'd be down to have that conversation. But um, the whole reason, like, you don't talk when when someone else is talking in class, so you can pay attention, and so that they can speak. The whole reason that you don't talk during a test um, is because other people are trying to concentrate, and sometimes that constant yammering is helping, is holding that student back because they have ADD and they can't they can't focus. And this is guess what, bro? Like the system's broken. We have 30 people in this classroom and this is the best that it gets. So you need you to be quiet. But what can you as the educator think of to help that student be quiet, to help them find their voice later, to help them get the attention that they want, to help them do something with their energy now that they're done the test and they don't know what to do because now it's like, what, what do I do now? Now I'm just done and I already took my pencil, my mechanical pencil apart into the 10 to 15 pieces that it comes hmm. apart in and lined up all the little pieces of lead. Um, but now I don't know what to do with myself. So it's like us, like helping kids do something with that energy, do something with that, with that feeling. Um, and so that, yeah, I think that all class procedures, rules, regulations, all that stuff has got to be based around student success for real, not fake, not like, you know, schools have all kinds of rules that they don't let kids do like chew gum. Like, I like, it's one of those things. I'm just like, I know. I love Why can't we chew gum? Like as long as we're not like uh, blowing giant bubbles and popping gum the whole time, like, or sticking it around. But like, I let kids eat in the classroom all the time. Um, Because why not? Like, because when I'm in a PD, I eat, chew gum and, you know, play with my phone and do all kinds of stuff. Now I don't have phones in my class, but it's for a whole nother reason. But those rules need to be based on on student success. Uh, Indy Kitty is asking, how are your kids doing this school year? First of all, Indy Kitty, it's very nice to see you. Um, you have, this is like, a, I feel like this is greatest hits night. This is like all people that have been around for a really long time. Um, our kids are taking a bit of a break this summer from, from schoolwork, but largely, you know, so those of you that don't know, we decided to homeschool last year and it was the greatest, one of the greatest parental decisions we ever made and by far by far one of the hardest um that I'll, I'll even give you a little bit of information on this like my son was on ADD meds 
um, that cost me $280 a month or something yeah, like that. Like two something. But yeah. Not All right. Still yeah, over the $200 mark. Um, and he's not on them anymore because we get, guess what we figured out is that if we get some activity and if we break things down into small chunks and teach our actual child, then he doesn't need to be on medication. And he hated it. It was making him really anxious. It was, um, it had a lot of negative side effects to it, but that we realized that like we were only giving him medication so he could succeed in school and school wasn't doing their part to help him succeed. So we homeschooled and then we were like, we, we actually, we, fit into the but I think we, we like ran out of meds one week and we had three days where we weren't going to have them until we could get them again. Cause it was controlled substance. And it was like, he was so funny. Like immediately, so like going outside all the time, wanting to be in the yard, got hanging with his sister, being hilarious. And it was like, wait, why do we have him on Like, this isn't so bad. Like, yeah. um, this is actually like, he's, he's so fun to be he around. He needed it when he was a little bit younger though. Because he, he would, it was very impulsive and he would do things that were like, have someone fall on someone or knock something over or whatever. And it was like, dude, you're going to hurt somebody else or yourself. But you're right. Like now, that is changed. He's still. Oh, he's still ADD. A pill, but it like, hasn't gone. It doesn't. Dis- it didn't disappear yeah. for him. So but it's more manageable. I think. I think homeschooling is one of the best things decisions we ever. Was made that for our lives. personal kids or your kids? As I think. Students? I think she was just asking about our oh, children. Okay. Thanks, Cindy. Kids at school are doing as good as they can do. Okay. Still keeping up with those dudes. You really have blue paint all over your thumb right now. I do. I have no paint. I'm messy. I'm messy painter. That's all well, that, oh, that's not true. This isn't. I cleaned up the paint. Oh, okay. That's why blue paint on the paint. Sure. <laughs> uh, Amy Russell. Speaking of folks that have been around for a while, how do you push through the doubt about teaching and feeling burnout before the year even starts? We all know because because Amy Russell, everybody has that dream. If if and every teacher that's on here that has ever taught had you no, know, you know, you had that dream. You showed up without pants on or you have pajamas on, or it all went to hell, and they're going to figure out this year that I'm terrible. Um, I usually get myself pumped up and excited, but I have so much dread about this year not feeling confident. So, Amy, I think that this year is particularly difficult because of what we're going back to. So at at this moment, um, I found out that our school wants us to go back five days a week. Teachers and students are in the classroom. We're splitting the students into morning and, and afternoon students, but we're still teaching from eight to four every single day for five days a week. And I am not about that. Um, I think so that I think this particular year, whether you're teaching virtually or in person is going to create a lot of anxiety for a lot of people. The way I get around that is, Amy, I think if, I think it's a lot of mindset stuff, right? So like, I think if we are being very clear about, um, like thinking about things like, so I've been reading a lot about gut health. And so, and this is like over the last couple of years, but it turns out that serotonin, the thing that like give, you're in a good mood, you have your serotonin's flowing or like your level of serotonin is where it needs to be. I don't know. I teach English, not science, but um, is 90% of that is actually produced in your gut. And I didn't know that. So doing like eating certain foods lowers your serotonin level, like literally lowers your mood. But having healthy gut means like um, taking probiotics or drinking like this disgusting, what do I drink? Kombucha mm-hmm. um, or kefir or a number of other fermented things that are like, uh, yeah, fermented foods like sauerkraut and kimchi and stuff like that. 
um, it is that actually puts you in a better mood, right? Like actually getting seven to 10 minutes of actual sunlight a day, that's it, of, of sunlight on your skin puts you in a better mood. That the science behind staying hydrated, behind getting a good night's sleep. So like in our room, a few years ago, we re really did an overhaul and did um, got like room darkening shades. I put electrical tape over every single light in my room. So my printer, the little light on the TV, the TV like anything that had a light was blocked out. And our room is black now at night. Like it is dark. You can't see your hand in front of your face kind of dark. Um, that helped my, my night's sleep. I started taking CBD oil before I went to bed take three drops of that right before I go to bed and it knocks me out and gives me the most sound sleep I could imagine. Um, those things are going to shift your anxiety level, right? I think the other thing that you can do is when we focus going back to school, it's almost sitting with that and wondering why am I nervous about this? Why am I concerned about going to school? What is, what is making me fearful about going back? Because if I can, if I can figure that out, but then I realized that the whole reason I'm in school, the whole reason that school exists is because it's only ever about the kids. And if I focus on not the kids I think that are going to come in and be a handful, not the kids I think I'm not going to be able to, that are going to, you know, you think about the kid from last year that like you couldn't win with, you couldn't help figure out somebody that could connect with that student. You couldn't figure out a way for that child to find success. It was like really difficult, but think about all those in between kids, all like in the book, I talk about number two kids, all those kids that fly under the radar that no one ever really realizes that if you show up on that first day, even Amy, for that kid, that kid is walking up to the school. And I, this happens every year, every year as myself and my friend Meeks, we stand in front of the school and there's a, other people come and go, but it's largely us every year shaking every hand that comes into the, to, to the door. Um, and there's, you see the kids walking down the, the street, the kids that want attention, the kids that are really great and they're happy to see it. And then there's all those other dudes that are just like flying under the radar. If you can show up for them and just let them know, I see you, I care about you. I want you, you, not president of the school of the, you know, teacher or the student board or whatever the hell they have. Um, not the kid that's always in detention, not the kid that's the captain of the football team. I want the kids that's like too scared to go on the football team. The kid that like secretly plays still uses like Pokemon cards after school in, in the back of some classroom or something like that. The kid that um, still is like, has that something about them that doesn't let them be fully who they are. I want to shine light on that child. And I mean, I shine light on everyone. I, I want, I want to love everyone equally but it's about being intentional about that. And I think when we can get our mind there, like, dude, Amy, this year, some kid's going to, and I'm telling you this because I know it's going to happen. This year, some kid's going to walk into your room that needs you more than ever. That whether it was quarantine, whether it was something's going on at home, whether it's that no one's ever really seen them or helped them before, you can be someone for them that they need this year. Um, and just showing up and keeping that in mind and looking great. Cause it's like self-fulfilling uh, prophecy. Like you're going to, you're going, if you have that kid in mind, you're going to find them. And then when you find them this year, you let that kid know that they are seen, that you take them from invisible to visible, right? Not fixing anybody, not, you know, 
not changing anyone's life necessarily, but you are in, in that we're not like we're not going in there with like a, like tools and, and, and tweaking them up, but it's just saying, bro, I see you and you matter. How can you not be excited to go back to school? You're going to, you can change lives just by doing that. So that's that. She said um, she got a bike to like, and uh, she's been doing like trail riding. I want to know where you found the bike from. Cause I've been trying to buy a bike for the last three weeks and they. We've been trying to buy a bike off of Facebook market. Cause they don't exist not anywhere else. She must've done it really early. Amy Russell's a planner. Um, listen, real quick, I want to tell everyone about this thing that I'm working on. Um, there was a write-up this week. It finally came out, so I guess the, the news is kind of out there. I started working with um, HH, which is Houghton, Mifflin, Harcourt. Um, and there are a number of us from, from like the education world. There's five people, I think, that were picked the ambassadors. Um, it was myself, Chris Eden, uh, Apron Educator, whose name I'm blanking on. What is it? Lanisha. Yeah, but I forget her last name. Tab. Um, and a few other folks. And so if you go onto their website, like they're going to have this thing that if your school is them in any way, shape, or form, because they're thought of as like a textbook company. They also do like Read 180 and a lot of other programs, but um, they are trying to rebrand in a sense and really create content that is immediately applicable, immediately helpful to educators that are like educators teaching educators. So it was really fun this week because there was a write-up. They had their press release came out. And um, I was mentioning that. It was really fun to see that kind of come out. So um, if you're interested in that, it's called Teach Corner. It's on HMH's website. Um, and you can get involved in that. It's just like good stuff. They have a lot of free content and then they have like a paid content, like, yeah. a, like a gated kind of community. But it looks really, really awesome. It looks really awesome. The thing I like about it, and this is not because I'm partnered with them, like they're not going to watch this, um, <laughs> it, is that the thing I think is fun is that there is a, com it's a really great example, I think, that a company that was kind of cold, com stodgy. comes off as cold, stodgy, that everyone looks like the Monopoly man, mm -hmm. is trying to make real content for real teachers and empower educators by helping them be themselves more out loud and more authentically, I think that that is, that is a really great model. Especially and that's in the time of uh, distance learning. Hell yeah. Where which it's is like, like, what was the, I think the biggest catalyst for. Oh yeah. Yeah. And they got in front of that. So mm -hmm. yeah. So anyway, that's what I'm part of. Um, and also um, my buddy, Sean Woodley is uh, leading a, uh, a teacher summit. It's called the, so if you go on, uh, go on Instagram, it's teach hustle inspire. That's his account name. Um, but you can sign up for this thing. And it's like, again, it's a whole bunch of us. It's everyone from Endin is a part of that. Sean Woodley's a part of that. I'm a part of that. Lanisha's a part of that. Um, Jonathan Alzheimer's a part of it. There's a bunch of really interesting educators. And I think that that, based on just the conversation I had with him and how he rolled out my session, like how we recorded it, I was like, oh, this is some, this is some real stuff. This is not like some some nonsense. Well, so, I think it's specifically geared towards like, um, isn't it urban education? It's, it's, it's like geared towards folks that are teaching in urban urban schools. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Here we go, girl. Uh, Jacob is asking, how would you handle a student refusing to wear a mask in the classroom? I want to teach and not have another issue to have to deal with things. So Jacob, we were just talking about this with some folks from our district the other day. As I was saying how like our school has a uniform um, and I'm like, kid, like, look, part of being a kid, right? Like 
because so people were saying like our kids our kids can't even tuck in their shirts or wear a belt how can we expect them to have a mask on because part of being young is about is about challenging the system man it is like what kids do it is the reason i had a mohawk part of the reason i got a mohawk was part because i wanted to impress girls part because i wanted my friends to think i was cool and part was because i wanted to come in the, in my house and piss my dad off like i just like it was part of the gig it was like this is what i want to do so punk rock does challenges the system um and it pierces its life so that is part of it but i think when you see kids that are challenging the system and you go all right let's break it down for you as to why this does not um get you to the place you want it to get you to right like like sometimes bucking the system is you're just like that's like saying i don't go to the dentist stupid going to the dentist is dumb bro then you get cavities and you're half whole your teeth start falling out like this that's a that's a dumb idea like go to the dentist once or twice a year um it, and so with the mask is the same thing i would want to communicate to students that it is that your health is and success is my your success is always my primary concern being healthy is a way to be able to do that and i would talk about things like i don't think i don't know if schools are really talking about this i don't think we're talking about this with teachers what germ transmission actually looks like because you see adults in stores right here's my thing i'm in a store with my wife the other day there are people in there that either have their mask it's either up all the way or they're doing this thing or they do this thing I don't know what this mask wearing <laughs> phenomenon, like what's happening now? Do you have germs that drip off your chin? I don't know what's going on. It's the same way they can't figure out why the hell stores keep closing early when it's like this coronavirus come out at night. Like, why can't I get a six pack at eight o'clock at night? Why are you closed instead of nine? Like you usually do. I don't understand what's happening right now. Anyway, um, <clears throat> my point being, I think it's about explaining to students why this is important, why it's important that we wear this that your health and safety is important, that other kids' health and safety is important, that there are students in the school that might have um, compromised immune systems. They might come from families that have compromised immune systems. And you don't know that because maybe they don't even know completely, but that if someone's family member has cancer and they're going through chemotherapy and they have zero immune system right now and they go home and they transfer this virus, that person is checked. Like it's, it's a wrap after that. So it is, I think, communicating to students, not in a way to make them fear, but to be able to, and what you're doing, right? So what are kids doing if they don't want to wear the mask? If they're doing this thing, what are you talking about? I have it on. The mask is on my face. <laughs> and it's like, let's break down what this is going to do. Because what I'm going to do is and rather empower you to let you know that it is actually, like you putting on the mask is, I think, a sign to everyone around you that, Although this is uncomfortable and although I don't want to wear this and although this is a pain in the ass and it's hurting behind my ears, I care about you so much that I'm going to do this. I care about the fact that your mom's healthy, that our community's healthy. I care about the fact that for our students, it's that black and brown students are by far going to be impacted by this so much more than any other students because the schools in which a lot of our black and brown students are coming from um, don't have the money to put in place all the safety procedures that need to be put in place that some other schools will be able to do. Because like our school, for instance, is just not large enough to really implement a lot of those things, I think. And so or, um, that's what I'm wondering. Like, what they, keep, they tell us that they are, and then I'm real interested to go back and see like what that's going to look like. Mm. Um, no doubt they have children's best interests in mind. No doubt they love the community that they serve and they, and they, they do it for a reason. Um, but 
I also know that like, look, this is the situation that we're in. And so how can I empower you is by telling you that you wearing your mask is a big deal. You wearing your mask is, is celebrating and, and honoring your community. Um, and that's, that's why we're going to do it. And so that, that's how I would break it down. Jacob is asking me questions where I feel like my answers are never, they're not, they require a lot of dialogue and a lot of conversation and stuff like that. What you got? Oh, there you go. Okay. This kind of addresses the uh, Nick is saying, question, have you ever considered doing Sunday night teacher talk on Zoom or WebEx so that you can engage face-to-face -face with viewers, 200 characters and always enough space to type out questions? So Nick, that's a great question. So. Uh, and don't I know it, man, because getting into arguments with people or having trying to have meaningful conversations on Twitter is like freaking impossible when you're limited to the number of characters. And then and you're long winded like yeah. yourself. And then I have to have five tweets. And then someone's like, if you, if you need five tweets to explain yourself, it's like, bro, I, I, I suffer from my disability is long winded this. Um, that that is something I've talked about uh, or thought about. We even thought about using like be live. Um, so that we could have people and then um, folks could come on and do that. I didn't know if there'd be an interest in doing this. So I hear you saying that, but I didn't know if there'd be an interest at large or if people would want to come on and have that face-to-face -face interaction. I guess you could um, still come on and just turn your screen off if you wanted. Like, Yeah. I'm going to think about that. Let's see about doing that. We're also thinking about uh, using a platform which would allow us to um, – go live on multiple social platforms. So we'd be able to be, go live on YouTube and also on Facebook and Instagram and stuff like that so that we could, because um, not everyone jumps platforms, which is why I have 50,000 almost subscribers on YouTube, but I only have 13,000 on Instagram. Um, it's like, because people on Instagram don't always come to YouTube. People on YouTube don't go to Instagram. They don't go to Twitter. They stay in, you know, they like what they like. Um, so yeah, let's talk about that mm -hmm. afterwards. Uh, Chloe Allen is asking, how do you do cool and fun things like some people would say that are elaborate in my classroom as an early on teacher without breaking the bank? I have some cool ideas, but money can be a problem, 100%. So, Chloe, I think one of the things that you do is ask people for stuff for free. Um, that when I wanted to do a community garden one time, this, this is a great example of this. In West Philly, I want to do a community garden with my students um, as an after-school program. I have zero money and there's no money in the budget for it. So I went to Home Depot, and which I used to work at Home Depot when I was um, a when I was in college. So I go back and an old friend of mine is the manager. And so I say, yo, um, Drew, can I, what can we do um, that I want, I want to do this thing. Like, do you know if there's like, like a, like, do you guys have anything I can sign up for? Is there like, do you have money? Like, the ever during the year do you do like a giveaway like any what can i do to try and make this happen and he was like well, what do you need like give me a list so i priced the whole thing out like what the lumber is going to look like and how much dirt i need and mulch and drills to put it together and the drill bits to put it together and the plants and all the stuff right the, the seed trays everything i priced it all out and i gave it to him and it was like i want to say it was like 800 dollars for the whole gig and i gave it to him and he goes this is everything you need everything I said, yeah. He goes, I'm going to have one of my guys pull it. You're going to show up next Saturday and we'll load it up into the car. I said, what are you talking about, bro? He goes, here's how I figure this. And these were his exact words. I'll never forget. He goes, the way I figure it, I work for the evil empire. And whenever I can take something from the evil empire and use it for good, he goes, I want 100% do it. And it turns out Home Depot, allocate, each store allocates money to give away 
to something during the year, whether that's playgrounds, whether it's disaster relief, whatever it is, they have that money that you just have to ask for it. And I think that also, Chloe, most jobs, I think people in the world in general, I think all of us want to have a sense of giving. We want to give back. We want to help our communities. We want to impact, um, have a great impact on people's lives. And we're always looking for opportunities to do that. But when you work for a company and you're stuck in a cubicle all day and you're crunching numbers or whatever you're doing, that doesn't always give you that sense of give back. So what we are doing in asking businesses for free stuff is not just us asking. So first of all, you are letting the kids fuel your fire. The kids give you the guts to ask. And then what you're really saying to someone is, I'm wondering if you would like to feel great. I'm wondering if you would like, I'm offering this opportunity for you to give back to your community. And I've gotten free stuff from companies, from everything, from books to art supplies, to lumber for things, for things for the school play, for all kinds of stuff that like, I just put it out there on Facebook. Like when I needed stools one time for my classroom, for kids to, that were standing at standing desks, but needed tall stools to sit down at every so often, because no one wants to stand all day. Um, I remember putting it on Facebook and some wonderful woman just hit me up in a message. It was like, what kind of stools do you want? I was like, these stools on Amazon trying to get, I wonder just see if anyone had anything comparable to that. She's like, what's your school address? I'm going to mail them to you. And she bought me like four, four stools that were expensive um, and had them shipped to my school. Wonderful. Like this stuff happens all the time to me because I'm, I provide people opportunities to do it and you can do the same thing. Um, I think other than that, uh, wait, I just want to add Tracy Pinter said that Walmart and Sam's club does the same thing too. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. There you go. So, and I think, Shopping. Asking. I bet Target does. Yep. You know, they always are toting like that they give back to education. So if you came in. And if you have a blog post, like a blog or something that you can post it on and be like, yo, hashtag Walmart gives a crap, like whatever their hashtag, <laughs> that's a great hashtag. Walmart, you should take that. But um they you can if you can promote them on social also, then that's just a more love for them. Um I think the other thing is that we found is the dollar store is really great. Uh, five below is really great unless you buy one of those friggin' people. I don't know where that guy is. Buy the door to return it. <laughs> guy, like one of those car wash guys that goes like this. I bought one at five below, man. It takes a nine volt battery. I'm all stoked. And then it just looked like, just looked like sadness. Just limped over. And not, not only did it look like sadness, it sounded It was like, it was awful. like, <laughs> like not doing anything. I was like, where's your excitement, man? What the hell? Um, and we have found either thrift stores or there's places in philly what's the store that we use in philly jinx uh it's called jinx and it's essentially what it really is is jinx is hipsters that trash pick and then they sell what they've trash picked for an exorbitant amount of money and um that we found great success there. it's where i get like all these suitcases that are in my room uh, i don't know if anything else back here just from there right now but that's where i find all kinds of crap from and it's really fun just ordered a new oh, megaphone too, one cool. that's not broken and it's hot pink. Yeah, yeah, bonus. Uh, wait, it disappeared. Oh, dang it. Is it John Lopez? Mm. Oh, it's little space the freckles. Phone, you gotta watch because the phone. Uh, it's a two part question. Uh, little, little space freckles. It's all the OGs on here tonight. Um, do you have somewhere to find the reading list that you use for your class? My incoming ninth graders have essentially lost a half of their eighth grade year due to COVID. And I'm worried about finding books on their reading level. So, um, I don't, how did I do that? 
sorry. I should create an online resource that has all the books in my classroom library on it. Um, I don't freckles, but I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. Um, when he's putting it on the list, you know it's serious. If, it, if it's on the list, it's hundred <laughs> percent. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna create. I'm gonna make it the easiest way possible, and then I'll I'll put it out on social once I get it done. I'm going to go on Amazon, which is where the majority of my books have come from. A handful have come from like Barnes and Noble and a lot of have been donated, but um, the, everything in my classroom library, I'm going to, as best I can make an Amazon list. And so people can just go there and see like exactly the books that I have in my classroom. Um, and I'll even, I'll even include the ones that like someone borrowed. Uh, books are the one thing that I don't really care if kids steal. Like if you steal a pen from me, I get so pissed, right? That thing costs 98 cents. But if you steal a book, I'm just like, that cost me 20 bucks. I'm just like, whatever. Like, it's like, well, would you steal? The hope is that you're going to read it. Yeah. It's like, would you steal education? All right, go ahead, bro. Like you go <laughs> steal that education. Isn't that so fun? I don't care if you stole a pen, but I care. If, no, you know, I care if it get pissed off, you steal my 10 cent free TV bank pen. Those pens suck anyway. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm trying to find All right, some dead space. Want me to tell a joke or sing a song? I haven't sang a song on here in a long time. No, nobody. Oh, here we go. This is a great one. I was All hoping right. we could get to this. Cool. Uh, Maddie is asking, tips on having conversations about race with students as a white teacher to majority students of color. This is a really great question. Um, so... Let's get, let's get comfortable. Um, Maddie, I think that um, this is a great question. I think that's a conversation that should be happening, that if people don't want to have this conversation because they are white and you're teaching the students of color or, um, and there's a whole host of different dynamics here, right? Like uh, you could teach, you could be white and having maybe two students in your class are black and it's like now how do we have this conversation maybe it's half and half maybe i don't know whatever your dynamic is whatever the classroom makeup is i think it's an interesting or it's an important conversation to be having with our students because um they might not be having it anywhere else and because we can kind of control the conversation a bit facilitate it rather in a way that allows students to be heard, that allows students to be respected, allows students to be listened to. And it might be the only time that students from opposing viewpoints are gonna be able to come together and have an authentic conversation that includes active listening practices. And so that that's the beauty of school is that it's not all one or the other. It's not all, all lives matter or black lives matter. It's not all liberals or Democrats. It is like this kind of, mesh up, especially in a time in folks' lives, especially when you're young, like kind of middle school, high school, where you're trying, you're starting to become who you're going to become. You're starting to grow into the person that you will, in a lot of ways, be for the rest of your life. And so what better time to have these conversations with students and to teach things like respect, empathy, um, to teach how to have a conversation, how to be active listener, how to um, how, how to do all that stuff together. So, you know, when I talk about that stuff with my classes, um, it, one, it's not so hard because, because we're always practicing having difficult conversations that I talk to my students about a whole host of things. And so 
my hip hop class in particular allows me this opportunity to talk about things like why is largely like no one from the LGBTQ community is represented in hip hop. Um, why are women, why, how did we go from Queen Latifah um, to like the way that women are so often, and I won't say always, but often are represented or talked about in, um, how, how do we go from Queen Latifah to swiping credit cards down someone's butt crack, right? So like, um, I, I, like, and it's not a judgment call, it's just like a, what it is is more of a curiosity. Can we talk about this? Can we have this conversation? Can we talk about anything that, that, is, that comes about in culture from things that happen in politics to things that happen um, with women's rights, with uh, the rights of the LBGTQ community to the you know, whitewashing of education? Like These are all things we're always talking about. So when something comes up, like Black Lives Matter or something along those lines or the death of George Floyd, it's like, We've already been talking about this. So I think the first thing is, is knowing that you don't have to just start school and just dive right into that conversation. What you want to do is create an atmosphere, create a space that is safe, that is inviting, a space that celebrates curiosity, that celebrates vulnerability, that celebrates you sharing and thinking and, and, and not being afraid to stop the lesson and have a conversation about any number of things, right? It could be you know, factory farming, like I've talked about with my students before. And like, um, and so you're always doing that. So it becomes not a weird place to do that. Um, when I was younger, and I'm going to explain it like this. When I was younger, my aunt Kath, who is still like a, a great source of, 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 of knowledge and joy in my life, my aunt was the aunt that always hung out with us that at Thanksgiving, she'd sit at our table, that if um, I had a Halloween party and my friends were all over, my aunt would come over to see everyone's costumes, that if I, if she had to drop my lunch off at school and I, because I forgot her or something like that, like she would come in, but she would like say hi to my friends and like talk to them real quick. And like she, she created that space so that when I remember having moments where like I was talking to my friends about something that was particularly vulnerable and my aunt walking in the room, they didn't stop. They didn't even think about stopping. It was like, why would I stop? It's aunt. It's not your grandma. It's not your uncle that I don't know. It's not like, you know, some stranger. It's, it's your aunt uh, to the point where like every one of my friends to this day calls my aunt, aunt. Like we don't call her aunt Kathleen. We call her just aunt, uh, but everyone does <laughs> it. Like if, aunt, my aunt goes to the, if she goes to the bar with us <laughs> and my, and our friends see it there, they're like, yo, aunt, what's up? And like, <laughs> it's like that thing. So what you're doing is you're cultivating a community of that is that is already ready to have that conversation. I think the other thing you do is that you don't, I don't pretend to know anything, right? And this is this is the move. You don't pretend to know anything about what it's like to, to be in our students' shoes. I don't know what it's like to grow up black in America. I don't know what it's like to be, um, to come from Trinidad and move here or be an immigrant or I don't it's just like I don't know what it's like to be Asian or I don't like know what it's like to be Hispanic I don't know what it's like to have parents that are undocumented I don't know what it's like to live in a neighborhood where you have to be careful of of gun violence or of of gang violence like I don't know I've worked in those communities I've worked with those folks those people that I care about and love are are parts of those communities but I don't know what it's like like I've never I've never had that so it's it is checking yourself on the front end and saying, look, it is because look, like I always say, and I've talked about in the book, 
It is your attention over your advice. I do not talk about Black Lives Matter um, or anything surrounding that, Black culture, anything around that, from a place of let me teach you what's going down. It is opening up the floor and being a part of a conversation, being part of a community of people that want to do better, that want to have better for their own children, better for their own schools and communities. And when we can open up the space to have the conversation and not the dictation, then I think that that is the space that really wins. And so um, that's what I would do. I think it is, that's, that's how I get started anyway. And then the conversation goes kind of from there. Yeah, Richard Royster made a good point in there to her and said, like, um, you have to enter in as a learner, not in that you know yeah. it all. Yeah. Basically. Royster's the truth. Royster's like the only one You guys one always are match with usually no. your, what you say. Um, it's 224. Okay. Do you want to keep going? Or uh, let's do one more. I'm feeling it. Feeling go. on fire right now, babe. Fire. I got, my armpits are a little bit sweaty, but so I'm glad the water's not up there anymore. So, because uh, I get hot back here. Uh, yeah, well, we don't. <clears throat> they, no, they don't all need to know that. I gotta change my shirt every week after we do this because I just <laughs> I get I'm like sweating my ass off back here. Oh my god! Because there's no air conditioning in the back. We're in the back of the house in the laundry room. There's no the air, air conditioning. We got this light on. Here. I got these lights on. I got the window over here. The dogs usually sit on my feet, and he, he only expels heat. This dude. Um. So yeah. So when I'm working back here and you have the dryer on, man, I know. holy crap. But today I have to the do day laundry, when you, so. you were, had the dryer on and you were ironing something, I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like a coal miner. Like, this is crazy hot. It's insane. It's like, like it's cooler on someone's roof right now than it is in the laundry room sitting in front of my computer. Plus I got eye ligma and it's like, it's crazy. Um, I'm not even sure if I live. That might be offensive. I don't even know right? if anybody knows what that means. Laser beam. It's from laser beam. This is YouTube that our kids watch. Laser beam. Laser beam. It's from Australia. It's how people from Australia talk. Um, even though all the people from Australia always hate when I talk with <laughs> that accent. Always like, you're so dumb. I, I agree. Um, Alicia Tree is asking, thanks for the advice a week ago about the Zoom interviews. You are welcome. Um, I landed a job. Fantastic. Uh, the school is under construction and I am a traveling teacher. Any tips for working or teaching in other teachers rooms? So that's a great question. Um, oh man, sometimes Alicia, here's, here's what I really want. I have this dream that because part, part of what I'm thinking is I would love to be in a school where like I have an enormous amount of constraints, whether that is curriculum wise, whether that's decoration to my room wise, because I get. I think folks get this false sense that like if they look at my room or how I do things or how I am, that it's because I have all this freedom. I've also had people that every once in a while someone will comment on a video, like my room decor videos, and they're like, must be this guy's clearly in a rich school. It's clearly in some private school that has money. And I'm like, no, I'm actually like like we're, the opposite. <laughs> we're so poor, it's absurd. So um it is so like I have this dream. That I wanted to have like a show, like one of these like HGTV shows, but I just come in and like help you with your classroom. Like I'm just gonna like transform your classroom um, according to the rules and regulations that your school has. So there's no sneaky stuff. This isn't like me 
having extension cords where I shouldn't or hanging flammable books from my ceiling and stuff like that, even though we all know that if the books are on fire, Ooh, because what's the, the ship's going down anyway. What's the new, uh, our new favorite thing that we said oh, teachers should oh, use for classroom decor? I, I'm reaching out to this company because I want to do a brand deal with them. We got this thing in Brody's room. So we just redid Brody's room. Brody turned 13 two days ago. Um, and so we redid his room. And one of the things we did was get wallpaper for his wall that looks like space. Got on Amazon. It, was like it took 100. me a long time to convince him because CJ hates wallpaper. I hate wallpaper. I have the whole history of like, it. No, no, Grew up in the he... 80s with a mom in New Jersey. It was wallpaper mania, all right? Gotta get rid of the wallpaper. So we get this wallpaper, but it's like a decal. So it's essentially strips of sticker that you put on your wall so easy. It's like within 30 minutes, your classroom looks like a different place. It was friggin' awesome. I think teachers should be using this all over the place, but I think that they need to have like, there needs to be a way to so fund it. it. I, don't, I don't know if you can see that. That's the wallpaper. I'm That's the wallpaper. It was so badass. So um, I want to have like a classroom that like I can, do, like I want to go into different people's situations. Like someone has a cart, bro, we're about to hook it up. This is about to become like, pimp my ride like teacher card edition um so that's my dream one day anyway i think that um one of the things that's that about having a room that i've had shared with others before where like there were multiple teachers in a room i will sometimes ask for a section of room right and this is you know hard for me because i really like creating spaces and when people share my room i, I let them know on the first day you're not you're not allowed to do anything in my room just live live in the majesty it's like no one gets a job at disney and goes hey i have some ideas about uh how we could hang some posters up over here it's like no 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 bro this is disney we don't like you don't go to hogwarts and start hanging out you know putting up your personal stuff anyway um i read a book when i was a kid and i don't remember what it was called but i remember the situation a child lived in a house in an apartment in new york city with a lot of kids and so he couldn't have his own room. He has to share a room with, with all these kids, but his mom let him have a corner. He asked if he could have a corner. And I remember something along the lines of like, he hung a picture that he drew in the corner and then he found like a milk crate, like a wooden milk crate outside. And he got that crate and he put it in the corner and like decorated it. And then at some point, like you want a fish or something like that at a carnival, he had the fish in the corner. And next thing you know, like his little corner, just a corner is like this special little place. Right. And I think of that like this isn't exactly what I want this to look like ultimately. But like if you could see this, I'm in a room that is maybe twice the size of what you're seeing now. It's very small. There's my washer and dryer over here. There's shoe stuff over here. Over here is like the wainscoting with like everyone's jacket on it. The shoe thing over here from Ikea. My backyard's right there. Like it is not a big room, but we maximize the space. Right. So like this little one tiny wall in my room that is maybe 56 inches, 60 inches tops, like wide, um, we've done. Can you have a corner in their room? Can you have a wall in their room? She said can she you can only have, get a cart. Um, can your cart, and I talk about this in the book too, be the greatest teacher cart that ever, your, what if your teacher cart was a walking party? What if your teacher cart had, Yo, now, I would have said a smoke machine, but we did a smoke machine at Brody's party last year and it set off the fire alarm and I didn't know that that was going to happen. It's going to shit on me. Um, but they have they, what? The, just lights that you can plug in. Oh, those LED thing. lights yeah. we got the other day? I LED lights reason. from, where did we get them from? These were from Walmart. From Walmart. They were like not expensive yeah, at all, right? You can, you plug them into your phone or your radio or whatever. 
they bump to the music oh, that those, you're playing. We didn't use those. those oh, those were five below lights. Yeah, those were five below. That was below. super easy. Plug it in your phone and it bumps. It, it, I don't know how it does it, right? Some technology, but it bumps to the music. You have a bubble blower from five and below on that thing. So you're walking on the hallway, there's bubbles going on. It's a, it's a party wherever you go, right? That's, that's what I would have if I had a cart. Um, so I think that that's some of what it is. It reminds me of like, if you don't have a space for your band to be, then you be the guy from, uh, from what the hell is it called? From Mary Poppins, where you just have like all the instruments on you, bro, party on the move, like wherever we go, what's happening. Um, that's what I would, that's what I would try and do is like, how can I dial that up? And then hopefully eventually you get your own room. But like, even if I had one wall in a room bro you better watch out i'm gonna have the greatest wall this room's ever had you can give me the worst wall yes. too like uh kristen said light up wheels like the old razors 100 there's man. so like, many fun things you could probably do with a car you just have to it makes me it makes me want to go give me a teacher card i got it i'm about to hook this thing up there's gonna be stools that you can sit on the side i could tutor kids at my car little pop-up desk thing on the side it could be legit it would be amazing yeah, I know it would be. Little refrigerator on there. Bam. <laughs> got it. Got it going on. Why are we so extra? Classroom decors, birthday because, parties, because like all extra of is fun. It is. Right? It's not about let, let me talk about why that's important real quick and then I think this is the last thing I'm gonna say. Having a great room, having a great classroom, having great lessons, having great rapport with your with your staff and with your, you know, and being extra and fun in school, even though even if you're an introvert, right? Finding this thing that you can do on your level find having great birthday parties for your kids like what it, what it is babe is it is it is not so much about yourself although it can be it can be very narcissistic i like having a wonderful home and even the home you've dreamed of having one day is about creating a space to invite people into yes. because the world does not have enough wonder that is readily available right if you look for it you know how to look for it it, it is but it is about like i i think you know f the far, funny thing about growing up in like punk rock like kind of hardcore rock like culture was it was kids that looked for the bed and that hated everything that everyone liked and they liked everything that everyone hated that's why people drink pbr pbr is not good beer it tastes like crap but people love it because they're like, oh, everyone hates this. Oh, this is our favorite beer. This is all, you know, why does anyone like some hardcore music? Not all of it, but some of it sounds like like a train wreck. And it's like, oh, you guys, the majority of people love, hate this. We love it now. And I think the interesting world that we kind of grew up in, this kind of like, in a friend group was trying to find the beauty in everything, trying to find the magic in everything, trying to sprinkle. We were, we've been sprinkling magic on shit forever. Do you remember going to chip and putt back in the day? And we dressed like golfers. We, we took a whole day this. to go to the thrift store to get golf <laughs> gear. gear that or stuff that we thought looked like golf gear and the Jeff caps, or we'd go to like those trashy ass bowling places that would have dollar bowling, but we'd get like dressed up for it. And we'd have to have like, oh, it was I like, remember. oh, let's dress like, like this is, what we feel like this should look like, like going and finding bowling. Remember that bowling shirt I had that was embroidered to bowling had stars going across it. It was like always creating spaces to invite people into my van growing up, had a drum set in, it, had a couch in it, had a disco ball in it, had a hole in the floor that people could pee out of, which is dangerous. And I don't want to really talk about that too much. Shag carpeting had the greatest um, sound system because every time someone got in the car, they were like, damn, like what? It was like getting in cash cab. Um, like it was like the, 
the, the budget version of Cash Cab. It just felt great. And then that's why I think creating a, a cart to push down the hallway that is going to literally infect your school with magic and awesome and wonder and fun in the middle of a day that might just suck is is such a service that that's why everybody should be doing something that is going to bring to their school whether they are making waffles in the office they have the greatest classroom ever they're you know like us replacing other people's family pictures with a picture of yourself because it just does that so um samuel millet said sounds like we should start a niche business like tiny houses cart parties that's it um, yes, and you by meet up way, with all the other car teachers. They meet up, they come to your school. I just want to awesome. say there was a lot of requests in the comments for pictures of you with mohawks and um, to see you drum. Oh. To see you drum is actually in videos, like old Real videos. Cl little clips, yeah. Quick clips, yeah. I'll think about it. I'll go see go watch them all and find them yourself. No. <laughs> Maybe I'll do uh, on Throwback Thursday. I'll start putting some, because I also found, I found a lesson with me with long hair. It was the first lesson I ever taught in college. And it's so uninspiring because I'm just like, all right. Oh, so, I uh, thought that was so boring. Talk about this and <laughs> do this thing. So like, uh, um, and I have like this long kind of like flowing brown, almost black hair. It was crazy. We good? Yeah. It's a good place to end. Oh, Hour air 34. drumming. There was requests for air drumming also. You could put a song on and yeah. hot for teacher. Uh, so <laughs> Okay, thanks so much for being a part of this. Look, if you don't follow us on social media, you can on all social platforms, mainly Instagram is the big place. Join our Facebook group, Real Rapid Reynolds Teacher Talk over there. Make sure you get the book. Look, if your school is thinking about reading the book, which I've gotten contact from a few, um, the, uh, my publisher will do a deal with you. So they'll give you like the book at a lesser price because you're buying them in bulk. Um, and that doesn't mean you're buying a hundred of them. I, I don't know what the number is, but it's drastically lower than that. And if you're book group i've really been enjoying doing things like if your book group is reading the book like are you even in a collection of friends are reading the book um let me know i'd love to do a call with you i'll do it for free on zoom or whatever platform you prefer and uh when you are finished or in the middle of it whenever you think it's the best time um i can open up and ask questions and give you some background or some you know fill in some holes in there that you that you're not sure like how something turned out like people always want to know like did you ever find out what was on the note mm. that your mom? Spoiler wrote? alert. Um, no. So no, sad <laughs> answer is no. Um, but but I have, there's a story behind that. So that's it, everybody. Hope you have a great week. Peace. Oh, someone said they had a question at eleven oh eight. Eleven oh eight. Yeah. Like the, oh, did we miss wait, one? There, we weren't on at eleven oh eight. Everyone's dropping out of this now, but I'll answer that question if you got it. No, you can. I. It'll take me a minute to find it. Can we screenshot it? No, I actually can't. Oh, because it won't, it let, won't us go back. let me go back. Do me a favor. Uh, if you see this now, um, shoot me an email, realwrapwithreynolds at gmail.com. I'll answer anything that you got. Um, so if, I, if that question, the person that asked that, you get it. We done now? This fine. is a weird ending. We're good. Peace. <laughs> Hitting all the buttons to make this turn off. <laughs>